How you doing? I'm Mike Gaddy, and welcome to the 743 Patterson Park Podcast. This week, it was my privilege to speak with Allison Fomich, who is an artist that sells her own jewelry that she creates in her little shop in the Mount Vernon Marketplace. But our conversation really embodied more than just how she creates her jewelry and her background and history as an artist. It talks both about the business of being an artist, which right now in the time of COVID-19 is particularly problematic, and also about how COVID has robbed the art community from interacting with each other. She said, there's a commonality that erupts when artists speak with each other, and that commonality has gone away with COVID-19. For me, it was one of the most poignant moments of the interview. Please join me as I talk art, COVID-19, business, and how it all ties together with artist and jewelry creator, Allison Fomich. Hi, okay. Allison. How are you doing? Hi. How's it going? Oh, I'm so glad to be here with you. But I have to tell you, you said your cat's running around in the back. My husband, Matthew, sent me this cartoon of getting ready for a podcast where the podcaster has taped his cat to the wall. Or maybe it was a zoo. <laughs> And so right before, right before our call, I had to feed my cat, which is a half an hour early. He doesn't eat till 3.30. Oh, and, he knows too. Oh, he starts up at two o'clock shoving shit off my desk. <laughs> so, oh, microphone, you don't need that. <laughs> they are on a schedule. God, yes. All right. So I'm here with Allison. How do I say your last name? Fomish? Fomich. Fomich. I'm here with Allison Fomich, who is a jewelry, um, she makes this absolutely gorgeous jewelry inspired by nature. And I wanted to talk to you, Allison, for a couple of reasons, one of which uh, you are uh, a different kind of artist than who we've talked to in the past, meaning you, you have a retail store and you've been in the commercial space for a long time. A lot like me, uh, you know, I am a commercial photographer, make no bones about it. Um, and also, I think you have been, a, you and your business have really had to do some major pivots with COVID. And I want to know how that's been for you and, and some of the challenges that you and other artists in the area have faced because of this pandemic shutting everything down. I know it was really, really like, it just sort of blindsided everybody. It's you been, know? I'm telling you, I, I, I was joking around with Shelly Brown on the last podcast when she said she was retired and she looks like she's, you know, 30 years old. To be retired is enough to make me want to rip my hair out. But I was like, oh, <laughs> I know, right? I was like, oh, no, I've been retired, too, ever since March. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of felt like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you kind of like, I don't know. There was, I mean, I'm a creative person, and I really, in, in, I get my inspiration and my energy from interacting with other people. Um you know, all of my, the sales stuff that I do is sort of secondary, but it's also informative. So I get my inspiration from all the stuff around me and whatever, you know, like and all when, artists when do. All of, that, all of that's been taken away. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's mind boggling to me. We're, we're two peas in a pod because um, I'll be on the airplane coming back from a shoot and Matthew, I'll, I'll, I'll look at Matthew and I'll say, I am so tired. And he's like, oh yeah, well, you only dealt with 2,000 people, literally 2,000 <laughs> participants this week. And I can't imagine why you're tired. 
and all that's gone or at least but it also it energizes you you know i mean you get these interactions with people that open up conversations around things that you don't know you're going to have these conversations there's commonality that sort of erupts you know and so i have my store you know in mount vernon marketplace and and that was that was really my place of like interacting with other people because usually I was in my studio or the store and I was you know just kind of going along doing my thing and then I enjoyed that point of connection with people that I never know who was going to come in my door and I would meet people from all over the place visiting Baltimore and it was so nice to connect and represent our city in a positive way and interact with these people from you know all over and so that was kind of like Boom, gone. <laughs> depressing. So depressing. And so you've had to pivot because of that. How have you pivoted to keep yourself not only creatively focused, but, you know, surviving in business? What have, what have been some of the changes you've had to make? Well, um, you know, I thought that everything that I had built was gone, and which is an irrational thought. But when I had to close my doors, um, it was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, you think maybe I have to go get a different kind of profession. Maybe I need to get into that essential space where, you know, I can have a business in an essential space. Maybe I need to go into food or maybe I need to be in a, like, I'm just, I was ready to go water plants at a nursery for a living, you know, it's like, that will bring me happiness. And it would, but, you know, I kind of had a long cry. I kind of laid in bed. I kind of pet the cats, you know, we all kind of went into this and we still kind of do that some days. Yeah. I'm totally (laughs) bipolar on it. I really am. I'll wake up one day and I'll think, oh, you know, everything's good. There's a vaccine. Now there's two vaccines and everything's good. And, and Trump's bye-bye. You know, and then I wake up the next day going. Right. I know you hear (laughs) you hear um, Fauci say the cavalry is on the way and we're like, yeah, like, but when? Yeah. In next like 2022. (laughs) We can hang on. We can hang on. (laughs) Yeah. But like that cat taped to the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so you, mentioned, you mentioned perhaps going back and, and in a alternate reality, uh, working in a nursery, but nature and natural items really have a major impact on the art and the jewelry that you create. So how do you, 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 your jewelry is inspired by the urban garden. So tell me a little bit about that and what that, what that actually means to the person who is, you know, trying to figure out what you're doing. Well, okay. I love gardening. I'm a city dweller. I'm in Southeast Baltimore um, in Highland Town. I'm in the Highland Town Arts District. That's where my studio is. So I live here. I work here and I have a very small container garden in my backyard. I've always been an avid gardener and I just love gardening. And I mean, but I find my inspiration there because I follow the seasons. You know, you have little crocus that come up in the spring early, early spring, maybe even winter. And then, you know, it kind of 
goes along, you see some tulips, you see some daffodils, and then that's where, you know, Patterson Park just explodes. And you see all of the beautiful magnolia trees and all of the... You go, but you take it a, a step further. You go yeah. out into Patterson Park and other natural estuaries in Baltimore and yes. surrounding Baltimore, gather these items, items from nature, bring them back yeah. to your studio and... Make jewelry out of it. And how do you do that? But you can tell I'm mostly excited about the places, not even my jewelry, right? I'm like, I love the park. <laughs> well, and we are blessed. And, and you know, you drive around Baltimore and you'll, you, you make a left and you find yourself in a park. And, and some of them tiny little less than, you know, uh, I don't know, 12 feet, you know, by 12 feet with, with container gardens in them and then other parks like Patterson Park or or the others that Roland Park whatever that uh you know that that are are this gorgeous estuary in the middle of the city so you take the you 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 gather the um the stuff nature the, the yep I actually collect what I call little specimens from nature so anything that you would see blowing down the street in the fall like maybe some Zelkova leaves, you know, I'll, I'm the crazy lady out there, like putting them in a bag. <laughs> you know, you've seen me out there, all of you. And I, I appreciate you just walking by and not saying anything. But, um, you know, some, <laughs> for me to make my art from the space that I live in and share that, share that commonality of experience in nature with my customers and my people and my friends. So you make castings and pressings, right? And create yes. the jewelry from those castings and pressings. Yeah. What I do is, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like a, a very technical kind of work. It's very direct, almost like drawing or printmaking. Um, I take the organic matter that I collect. So it could be, a, you know, a maple seed and I'll, I'll take my metal like this, this is copper, right? So it's, it's two pieces. I'll take the two pieces and I'll make like a little sandwich and I use very high pressure and it presses in and I get a, a mirror impression of the organic matter in the metal. It actually, it's like Play-Doh, you know, like you're gonna like squish something in Play-Doh only it's metal. And that's how I make my jewelry. So I do copper like these, um, brass, sterling silver. And then I do some cast items as well. Like I'll collect little acorns or seed pods from Patterson Park and I'll, I'll cast those in sterling silver or um, bronze. And, you know, those I remake all the time and they're all like from a special little piece. Um, the pressed work, they're all one of a kind, but I do remake those over and over again. So you'll get an, a one of a kind item. That is incredibly cool. And um, no, it is. It's, it's because, you know, you're bringing in something very raw and very organic and making jewelry, which then becomes very organic, organic and very natural. And it just I mean, it's the kind of thing I personally like. And you sell both in your in your shop, your Tiger Lily shop, which is in Mount Vernon Marketplace. And you have a website online, correct, where where people can buy your jewelry if they're not, you know, if they yes. came, saw you. And, and that's, yeah, and that was part of the, the hard pivot that I had to do when COVID hit because 
you know, a lot of my contemporaries and my friends, people in this community in a creative business space, um, a lot of people have already, you know, established a really robust online presence, you know, something where they can go and, you know, they've been working at these things for years and years. So they have great platforms and beautiful images and they're telling their story and there's the sales <laughs> funnel and they're marketing. It makes you sick. It's like, I know, I know. I, I you know, and, and I... I, I get exactly what you're saying. So you had to make a hard pivot to, um, and all of a sudden learn how to do a website and how to do an e-commerce site. And, it, you know, so it's not just good enough right now, especially during COVID to be able to make your gorgeous natural jewelry, but you have to, and did you take classes to go and, you know, how did you figure this out? Well, I mean, you know, we kind of already know some of this stuff because we kind of go along and have to do it. But then I had to really get serious about what it means to have an online business. Yeah. So I, I did enroll in some online business classes, online marketing classes. And I did um, through the Made in Baltimore program, which is an absolutely wonderful program. We can talk more about that later if you'd like. Um, yeah. The Made in Baltimore program Um is something that is always generating um, information to, you know, give out there to the world of artists and creatives to see how to, you know, how something, an opportunity might benefit their business. If they, you know, have an opportunity that kind of comes through and they funnel it through to us. Um, they have been trying to establish communications and connections, networking opportunity through, um, creative businesses, um, small manufacturing um, for about four or five years now. And the Made in Baltimore lookbook, I don't know if you guys have saw, seen that yet. Um, usually there's a, a big, uh, like a pop-up that they do. And all the, all the people who are involved in Made in Baltimore, you know, have their work on consignment there and there's a shop and you can go and shop it. And of course that's not happening this year. So what they did, is, I mean, this is the commitment. This is the type of commitment that these types of people have to our creative community here. They put together an 84 page virtual lookbook wow, of nice. all of these work. So you can literally, I don't know how, I mean, I guess you guys, anybody watching this should probably just Google made in Baltimore 2020 lookbook and you'll see it, it'll pop up. Um, but the, you know, the photography, the styling, the art, the products, all of that is all made in Baltimore. And it is all featured with clickable links where you can go shopping directly mm. from this thing. And I mean, it's amazing. Like, the amount of work that that took to like pull that off is incredible. Um, but there's also a buying public that appreciates art and appreciates artisan made and handmade local goods here in the city. So um, like the Pile of Craft, um, Remfest, um, Hamden Fest, you know, there's all these different so, events that happen and people come out in droves for them. So that support of the local community, the local Baltimore shopping consumer community um, is what inspired you to open up Tiger Lily, which is your store in Mount Vernon Marketplace. Mm -hmm. And when did you do that? How long has Tiger Lily been open now? Um, the store, the little, it's a tiny little store. Oh, it's I call cute. It a... <laughs> We're going to roll <laughs> Oh, that's right. <laughs> so 
So it's called uh, Tiger Lily Shop Jewelry. It's my little tiny stall boutique, I call it. Um, as an artist, I self-represent there, you know, with my own work. And I have my copper, brass, and sterling stuff there, my button jewelry and some vintage things and whatever. But also a handful of other local local makers, locally made things, other artists that are my friends or people I believe in. I kind of put their work in there on consignment. And um, it's been open since 2018, October 2018. So I'm actually at like a two year anniversary this year, going into my third year here, into the holidays, into the pandemic, into the next shutdown. (laughs) As as we are talking, the, you know, when we first started talking, the new infection rates in Maryland were like 500 a day and we're pretty stable. Now I looked at the graph yesterday in the New York Times and it doesn't just have a thousand, it has 2000 with the peak going straight up. They never even had 2000 on the graph before. So they've added like lines to the graph. Uh, we, We just, we have to be so careful. I mean, you know, it's not about us. It's about everybody else, you know? Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, we covered a lot of ground. We talked about uh, how COVID has just turned the art community on its head, including your own business and how we've all had to change. You know, I, I, I don't think people understand that this podcast came about because I was bored out of my skull at home watching reruns of Tiger King yeah, Tiger King and Game of Thrones on HBO. And and so it was like, you know, I had to do something. And it dawned on me that there were all these really cool people in the neighborhood and that there was no feature really of them. But what that's, I love it. What that's turned into has gone a track that I really didn't anticipate, which is this ongoing discussion of creativity. And I think that you know, having you bring a business sense to things because of your experience and working in all these different um, um, channels is is incredibly awesome. Thanks. So, uh, and what days are you at your jewelry store? And, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, when are you open well, right now with the given, with everything going on and for the holidays? Because Well, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm open Fridays and Saturdays at my store from 12 to eight, just Fridays and Saturdays. Um, You can always find me on my website, tigerlilyshop.com. And that's my double L in there. Um, You know, text me, call me, I'll drop it off to your house. I can ship out, you know, I'm going to be offering like little packages and things like that, where they're like little, little things that can pop in the mail and ship them out to your loved ones. You know, again, reinventing the wheel a little bit. Yeah. for me but yeah. you know the store is there I mean I have a lot of reduced I've reduced my hours from seven days a week to two right now right and um well, just you because you know there's so much uncertainty in the right. world and you know I'm in a food hall the the food hall Mount Vernon Marketplace is a it was a thriving food hall where people would come and get drinks and food and hang out and get more drinks and have oysters and tacos and ramen and more drinks. And now, you know, <laughs> and now it's like, well, so, some people will still do that, but most people aren't. So I don't have a lot of foot traffic coming through right now, but that time will pass eventually and I will still be there. I don't want to give up my shop and I've had some really great kind of uh, support along the way. So, right. Yeah. And 
and your um, Tiger Lily has a Facebook page too, right? Tiger. Yes, Tiger Facebook. Lily Shop Jewelry. Yep. All right. Well, um, we covered a lot of ground. Thank you so so much for talking to us, Allison. And um, thank you. We will be by because I. So Allison said, COVID nineteen blindsided everybody. And it cut her off from the very people that she was inspired from, both her customers, the community out in the parks, the community of Baltimore, and other artists. Allison had to pivot, go from her retail store to an online presence, all within weeks and months in order to stay afloat. It's something that I can certainly sympathize with. Allison, like so many other artists, have been blindsided by the COVID-19 pandemic, and for many, it's going to end their career. On a happier note, next week I'll talk to my Aunt Jean. My aunt's had a career in art since I was a little kid, and I'm 52 years old now, so she's been at it a long time. She specializes in folk art, and it has been described as unique by everyone who sees it. So join me next week as I speak with one of my favorite and most creative people on the face of this planet, my Aunt Jean.